the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Ooh, yeah. The call-in number is eight eight eight. 344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. I think I was talking a little bit about a certain funeral delegation on behalf of Michael Brown last night, and we might have a redo of that happening with this Tyree Nichols story. And we're going to spend a little bit more time on Tyree Nichols tonight because the left is, oh my gosh, they are just twisting themselves into a pretzel to try to use that story against America, even though it no longer fits the original narrative, Daniel Greenfield, who's going to be here with us to talk to give his perspective tonight. You think diversity hiring is just is just going to leave you with somebody stupid like Mophead who can't answer a question? Well, according to Daniel Greenfield, diversity hiring might be a killer. So you're going to definitely want to stay tuned for Daniel Greenfield after the first a segment after the first break of the show, he's going to be here to give his unique perspective on these on this Tyree Nichols Memphis cop situation. So much more to get into tonight, man. I think the battle for 2024 between DeSantis and Trump is officially on. Where do you guys stand on that? We got a little sound to share with you guys coming up on on the show. 888-344-1170. I want to go, just go ahead and open it up. I mean, do you feel like the battle is already on for 2024, even though Trump has officially announced and DeSantis hasn't? If you had to vote today in 2024 for the nominee, who would it be? 888-344-1170. Would it be DeSantis or would it be Trump? Or you got your eye on that Nikki Haley. Let me tell you. And I can see my man. He's already ready. He's already ready to chime in on it. At least I think that's why his finger is poised over the button in the booth of course i'm talking about my partner every night of the week it's dj potato skins keeping it really mellow here on the andrea k show Ooh, andrea yeah. i am really looking forward to the presidential race of 2024 but i still mm-hmm. am holding hope that they run together you know i had really wanted that and and i like that voice it's almost like who remembers there was a radio station in san diego 102.105.7 the wave i think it was he sounded very wave like very jazz um skins and i both been a tad under the weather so if we're a little more low-key tonight and have a little less dynamite coming out uh the the airwaves i'm still holding hope that there that there's a possibility in that well i i like the idea of and i've been saying this i said this 
this back in 2015. I say this every time there's a primary, whether it's for a presidential nominee or whether it's for Congress. Or I like the idea of the more the merrier running for office. I think I because to me that matches my idea of this country in terms of, in the free markets. You know, competition, right? I don't like Kevin McCarthy. Being like, you know, coronated as speaker. I think we need competition. I think it keeps people sharp. I think if you love Trump, I think you should want him to have to compete for it because he needs to answer some questions. He's a human being. He made mistakes like everybody else is going to make mistakes when they take a job. He needs to fight for it and earn it like everybody else. I absolutely do not believe in the concept of loyalty at all when it comes to be somebody running for office because they are employees. And if you are a small business owner or a business owner of any kind, I doubt you keep somebody on the payroll who's not doing a good job out of loyalty because your purpose is to make money because unless you're making money, your business is going to go under, right? So that's that's the question for you guys, 888-344-1170. If you had to vote now, we'll play you a little bit of sound later on in the show for that. But if you had to vote it today, who would it be for? 888-344-1170. We've got other breaking news to get to tonight um, involving Alec Baldwin. Are we going to finally see some justice served there? I don't know if you guys are watching the Alec Murtaugh case. If if you're trying, true crime aficionados, uh, we, I might touch on that a little bit later um, because I'm a little concerned about a couple of things going on with that case. Um I'm not really sure why the top story, it's kind of the top story today, but it's kind of not Tyree Nichols. And part of the problem with that is that as horrific as the video was, uh, there's uh, of seeing this young man die, there's nothing that fits the left's narrative. And I talked a little bit about last night about the left left having to shift its narrative. And this narrative actually began the second Barack Obama. Remember, and I talked about, I'm not going to go into detail again like I did last night, but Barack Obama First black president was supposed to heal the divide, right? The waters literally were supposed to rise up. And one of the first things that he did was start fomenting racial division using police departments as a weapon and a mechanism to do that. And all of that blew apart with this Memphis story. But one of the things that Skins and I have been talking about is one of the things that was consistent in this story as well as all the others is that we've got a young black man who resisted arrest, And while I get and could see it in his face and his eyes, the panic that was, you know, uh, the why he got up and ran. If the Black Lives Matter movement really cared about young black men, they would tell them, look, whatever whatever the circumstances are of you being pulled over, you must cooperate and and then we will help you after that. Um, I didn't have some audio to play for you guys last night, but that here's one that I, we might as well start off the show with a laugh because this this story is so contradictory to everything that the left has been telling you since since 2009 when Barack Obama took office and said if I had a son he would look like Trayvon and the Boston Police Department acted stupidly and falsely accused them of, of um, racism. And by the way. Um, producer threw up the picture of the beer summit last night. I said at the time, I was really angry at that Boston cop who accepted a beer and came to the beer summit. He was used as a prop by Barack Obama. And I said at the time that this, that story was not a mistake on Barack Obama's part. 
that that was a critical story in the way that he came out the jump to foment division and to lay and, and to further a, a false narrative, not further, but actually really launch a false narrative against this country of anti-Americanism. And to this day, I'm angry at that Boston cop who actually came and shared a beer with Barack Obama. You think if the president of the United States called me a racist and falsely accused me of racism, you think I'd share a beer with him? I might, the only thing I might be tempted to do with a beer with Barack Obama at the time would have been to dump it on his head. It would not have been to sit and, and break bread with him. And I said it at the time. The lunacy of the left trying to, trying to twist into a pretzel to try to come up with justifications. I talked last night about how the latest narrative is that these, these were black cops and they've got unconscious white supremacist bigotry going on inside of him it gets even worse than that here's the lunacy involved with the left trying to somehow continue to push the narrative that this is about white supremacy skins please play clip four i got a message today for some white people if we have white people listening (laughs) paying attention i wouldn't mind if you would do this with me we rub our chests we find our heartbeat and we say we did this we did this White supremacy did this. I'm talking about Tyree Nichols. The police didn't do this. The Memphis Police Department didn't do this. White supremacy did this. (laughs) Skins, did you see the video of that fool? Yeah, the the video, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to rub your chest, pat, pat your chest right here, and then you need to say to yourself, I did this. I did this. White supremacy did this. Say it, what? It was five black police officers who did this. And it had nothing to do with racism. In fact, one of the elements of the story, we're going to take a break in a moment and bring in Daniel Greenfield, who's got a very interesting take on on these five black cops that nobody's talking about today. And it doesn't have anything to do with their inner white supremacist going on inside of them, right? In fact, if you want to talk about anything related to race in this story, how come nobody's talking about the black on black crime? The number one cause well, if you're going to, well, not number one cause, but well, actually, yes. When, When you've got a black victim the vast majority of the time, the person who committed the crime against that black individual was another black person. That's what's happening in Chicago. It's what, what happened in New Orleans. In the projects. But they don't want to talk about that. They want to blame gun control. Here they want to blame white supremacy. They want to put the blame everywhere except for at the foot of the person who committed the crime. In this case, it was five black officers. And according to Daniel Greenfield, we're going to take a break. We come back. He's got he's got a, an explanation that nobody's really talking about here. And it has to do with diversity, equity, inclusion. So stay tuned for Daniel Greenfield from Amer- um, Frontline Magazine. He will be here in a moment. A.K. Dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before we go to Daniel Greenfield to talk about his fascinating 
article about the Memphis cops. Uh, we're going to quickly go to the phones. It sounds like my friend, Pastor Joel Trout's on the line, and he's got something he wants to say on this topic, and I am all ears. Hello, my dear friend. Thank you, Andrea. So I'm your connection to the black community, okay? Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to Memphis. I've preached in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Memphis is the home of the largest black church organization in the world, the, the Church of God in Christ. Okay. And, and on social media, I'm connected to a lot of different people from that community. And I'm going to tell you what they're saying. The news is actually this coming out of Memphis was that one of the police officers, ex-girlfriend, this boy that they beat up was dating her. And they showed a picture of the officer taking a picture of the boy, and they say he sent it out to the girl Oh wow! to show a picture. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is what's going on in the black community. This is the word out, and it makes sense to me because the beating he got doesn't line up with anything conventional that everyone is saying because they're trying to look at the traffic stop and all that. No. And... The, the cops, when they're in a situation like that, everyone is basically sworn to stick together. Mm-hmm. Even the EMTs were uh, reprimanded because they didn't help the boy. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, at least I mean, I don't know that that contradicts what Daniel Greenfield's theory is going to be in a moment. Um, But at least it would give some context because everybody's watching this going, what the huh? You know, I mean, I I mean, I don't know anybody that watched that. There there are a lot of uh, people with differing views over the George Floyd thing, but I don't know anybody that's watched this video and and not thought this is just, yeah, they should all be, you know, uh, arrested for murder. Like what? What the huh? I mean, I didn't get. It. it so i guess the story is that he was dating the daughter of one of these cops but why would he still want to beat him up because i mean he looked like he was a, a you know i don't know anything about tyree nichols and his family but he certainly looked like a like a classy young man and so he, he what was the story FedEx and he was dating an ex-girlfriend of the cop oh okay yeah it's it's more personal and you know how when they do forensics and they say it's a crime of passion because the guy mm-hmm. stabbed the girl f- 500 times? Yeah. Uh, the only way you could justify this is that there has to be some kind of passion in this situation. It's not white supremacy and all that. No, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you what's in the black community circulating and well, they're posting posting this. Well, thank you for calling in, in uh, Pastor Joel Trout. I'm going to have to let you go and yeah. go on to, to my guest, Daniel Greenfield. That's interesting. I had not heard that. But it still yeah. ain't justified to me because unless this young man had, you know, he had evidence that this young man had beat up his ex-girlfriend or whatever, then he had, you know, and, and then, it, but it was multiple ones that, that beat up this young man and caused his of death. Course. Yeah, so absolutely horrific. But thank you for calling in. I appreciate that context. Sure. It's fascinating. Thank yeah. you, Pastor. 
appreciate you. Um, we're now going to turn to Daniel Greenfield, who is from Front Page Mag. He's got an article out with an interesting explanation as to what was behind these, uh, what, what, what's partly what's wrong with these Memphis cops, whether or not it's got anything to do w- with this young man dating an ex. Um, and it has to do with diversity hires. This could be a case where diversity hiring kills. Hi, Daniel Greenfield. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me on. Okay, so you're the only person to say that I've seen put forth this notion, at least that I've seen, um, that they may have been affirmative action hires and that this is what quota hiring looks like, and um, which doesn't necessarily contradict my caller who says that within the black community in Memphis, this has to do with uh, this young man dating the ex-girlfriend of one of these cops. Um, Tell everybody why you think that this might be a diversity hiring issue. Well, we've been hearing this from some law enforcement people who are saying this. Um, It's been confirmed that two of the cops were hired under a period where there were lowering standards quite a bit. Uh, There are some law enforcement people who are saying that all of them basically were hired through the city rather than through the Memphis Police Department because the city was trying to increase diversity representation. Memphis is about um, 64 percent black. Uh, The police force now is at 50 percent something black which is still not quite up there. So there was pressure to um, bring up these numbers, even if you had to lower standards to do it. And whenever you do this, um, again, the victims are going to be black people because if you're putting in um, black police officers and you're doing it because, you know, uh, the idea was that um, white officers are racist. So if something happens with black officers, it's not going to be a racial issue. And we see that it still is. And when you put untrained, improperly trained police officers, police officers who are unprofessional Mm -hmm. um, onto the street, the results are going to be bad. Well, yeah. And in fact, this could perfectly line up and match with what Pastor Joel was just calling in about. You've got somebody that that, uh, or or someone or multiple individuals uh, that were hired without uh, meeting certain standards and criteria. We don't know what background checks. We don't know anything about these individuals before they were hired. Um, We don't we you know, then they're put in this special unit called the scorpion unit um which when i heard that the scorpion unit was pulling this kid over it just didn't make sense to me so there's just so much wrong here this is the most plausible explanation of anybody uh, of anything that i've heard not this i don't know if you heard the clip that i played before the break i don't think we'd called you yet there's this you know lefty uh white woman saying now pat your chest and say i'm a white supremacist and i did this this doesn't have anything to do with that um it 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 really, to me, doesn't even have anything to do with. Then we've got the left, Daniel Greenfield, that we're saying that um, that you know, just like white people have unconscious bigotry, just like I was told one time I was the sexist against women because I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Another explanation was these black officers actually had unconscious, uh, you know, bigotry against black people. No, I think this is probably the most plausible explanation that these dudes weren't qualified to do the job, didn't have proper training, they were hired because they were black and who always suffers under the leftist policies it's always the minorities and we also in previous uh, years when they actually did a breakdown of uh, which uh, officers were actually engaged uh, had more violence issues and had more complaints uh, black officers were more likely to be the result be the subject of these complaints which makes perfect sense because they're not dealing with white guilt they're not um 
afraid of being uh, held accountable in the same way because they're not going to be accused of racism, at least until now. Mm-hmm. So this was a kind of a longstanding issue. Well, it is an issue, and it, in, it, in, in a broader sense, it's not just an issue for the family of Tyree Nichols. It's not just an issue for the, for the citizens of Memphis and beyond, where we're lowering standards. I think Sotomayor, Supreme Court Justice Sotomayor, I think she had ruled at one point to lower the standards of, of police officers in Connecticut, I think it might have been, um, for, um, a, a, under the idea of, of in- inclusivity. Um, but it's, it, it's, it also extends across all areas of our society. When we lower standards based upon skin color, right, then all of society suffers, doesn't it? It does. Uh, you bring in officers who are going to be untrained, and they're in many cases serving a mostly black city. Um, they're serving the black community. Uh, black people are going to suffer. So this is not benefiting anybody. Uh, it's another case of affirmative action having a uh, completely backfiring and hurting the people it's supposed to help. Right. And the, and one of the things that we can know for fact is that the number um, of um, there's actually more instances of white Americans being um, beaten, uh, assaulted, et cetera, by police officers in this country than by African-Americans. What I don't what I meant to research before I brought you on tonight and I didn't have a chance to check into it is we know the rise of anti-Semitism in this country. And I'm wondering and, and that's not and and. Um, as, uh, you know, issues between police officers and our, our Jewish friends and, and family, it, that's not an area that I see much discussed. And I don't know if you have any, and I, I apologize for putting you on the spot here. I don't know if you've had a chance to research any of that yourself, but that's certainly of concern of mine. Uh, I don't think there's been that much of an issue, um, but in part because you're less likely to have those kinds of criminal justice encounters with um, Jews. So, uh, with the population where you're more likely to have criminal justice encounters, whether it's traffic stops or actually criminal encounters, then you're more likely to see um, police brutality and things like that happen. Well, one of the things that um, is interesting today, I see so many correlations uh, with with Michael Brown's. I don't know if you heard, but Kamala Harris is going to go to Tyree Nichols's funeral. And that's troubling to me because in spite of the fact that I don't like how this young man died, um, the fact that it's being exploited to continue to push a false narrative is a serious problem for me. In addition to the fact that it, it once again, it elevates victims in this country as though some people, um, their, de- their death or their tragedy, whatever, is more important important than somebody else's. One of the things I think that we need to do in this country is we need to abolish hate crimes legislation. Why is it that Tyree Nichols, his death, he gets the vice president of the United States, just like what happened with Michael Brown, a guy who attacked a cop. And in that case, Michael Brown held up a convenience store, attacked a cop, tried to steal his weapon. And then, you know, and they, and he, his funeral, he gets a delegation, right? Um, You know, I don't like this hate crimes legislation at, at all. I don't like that some victims are being elevated over other Americans. And if we're ever going to have justice in this country, it's going to come from us just, you know, making it equal across the board. I think we need to get rid of hate crimes legislation. That's my opinion. Do you have an opinion on that? Absolutely. You know, we had a black two-year-old who was shot. Oh, we had a black four-year-old girl who walked into an ER in D.C. after being shot. There's no conversation about that. Nobody's talking about that. Um, But, because this guy's politically convenient, then suddenly we're going to talk about him all the time because the Democrats want to go back to pushing police defunding. 
Uh, bottom line is they don't care about black people. Um, they don't care about white people either. For that matter, they care about whatever serves their power at any given time. Um, hate crimes legislation, a lot of civil rights legislation is there to prop up their political power. That's it's, Therefore, it is not helping anybody. Well, we also have another, uh, before I let you go, we have a, a professor, by the way, who has said that this is this is an example of why the police need to stop administering stops and basic traffic violations. So another element that I see to the story uh, from the left is, is, you know, we've got the left doing no bail policies in this country. Uh, California, you can steal up to, what, $900 worth of merchandise without you know, being, you know, charged with a crime, you know, um, uh, California, they released uh, up to 7,000 child sex- sexual predators, uh, the the turning um, criminals into the good guys and turning innocent Americans into the bad guys is a problem uh, in this country. And so now I think this is also a convenient way for them to try to um, have, uh, you know, just continue to unleash a crime wave in this country. That's how I see that idea. Certainly, they're going to need major distractions going into the 2024 election. And we've seen this before. Every time there's a run-up to an election since the Obama era, there's a wave of race riots, protests, that kind of thing. Uh, This is in part for voter turnout and it's part to just frighten people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and and it explains why they would uh, not. There's never a time, Daniel Greenfield, when they when I've I hear anybody from Black Lives Matter telling young black men to cooperate, to not resist arrest, to stay calm, that if they're being falsely arrested, they will there will be somebody coming to represent them legally. Instead, it's like they encourage them to resist arrest because you're right. They want to foment violence in the streets. uh, They want to foment crime and particularly as we're leading up to elections. So excellent points all the way around. Tell everybody how they can read your work. I'm honored to work for David Horowitz at the David Horowitz Freedom Center at frontpagemag.com. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. All right, take it, take it easy. And you guys take a little skinny, tiny little break, and we will be back in a momento. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Oh, video released of Trump deposition and fraud case with Stormy Daniels. I don't care. I don't care. You know what I care about with the Stormy Daniels case? The porn lawyer. Creepy porn lawyer Avenatti is in prison. <laughs> That's what I care about with that case. I don't care that he pled the fifth. What do I care? Right? I mean, how many investigations have they done on Trump with no evidence? Meanwhile, there's all this evidence against Biden. Get back to me when Joe Biden's been deposed. Okay? I guess they're trying to drum up a bunch of money for uh, Hunter Biden, by the way. And yes, I uh, there was another binder. Remember the binder full of women? with uh, Mitt Romney back in 2012. I mean, we were so weak as Republicans that that him having a resume, re- uh, a binder full of resumes, Mitt Romney became binders full of women and became some kind of, you know, accusation that Romney was some kind of perv. Biden's got crates full of binders. He's got crates of binders. The latest is now there's um, a, a binder of notes, that uh, written information, more seized items. It's just like, you know, this is why I said a while back, you know, get back to me 
Um, you know, the conservatives are all, you know, it, it, in some ways, some of the conservatives in response to the classified documents um, found from Biden are almost like what we heard from years from, from Hannity, then indictments were coming every night, indictments are coming. And it's like, you know, your analysis is way off if you're looking at this classified in, in story about Joe Biden and actually thinking he's going to be held accountable. It's like I'm not even going to talk about it, you know, much more than that. You know what's more you know what's more interesting to talk about actually in terms of indictments? Alec Baldwin. He was officially charged today. Here's a feel good story. He was charged with involuntary manslaughter in the Rust shooting and it's the perfect charge for him because he's not just an actor, he's a producer. He was holding the gun and he killed Helena Hutchins. Right. He wounded a director. He killed a cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, and he wounded the assistant director or the director. Do you think he thought he was going to get off? Oh, absolutely. No question. No question. So much so that he did ridiculous media interviews all over the place that can and will be used against him in a court of law. Like him saying, um, it was her fault. She's the one who directed me to, you know, point the gun at her, you know, to um, I didn't pull the trigger to, you know, the gun went off by I mean, just um, his callousness, everything about it, everything about it. he had no on top of the fact that he's a celebrity. Right. You know, we've got two two sets of of justice in, in, in this country. If you're a conservative, uh, particularly if you're MAGA, you know you're you're they're going to manufacture charges against you and run you and, and throw you in the gulag. You're a far lefty. You know, you look at his attitude that he had. Just showed just it's they just feel completely entitled to just do whatever they want to do and get away with it with no repercussions. That's you know the. Uh, every aspect of our society is represented by that. The contradiction between if you are a conservative or a Republican and you, um, like that firefighter we talked about last week, I, I'm not sure if you were here, but oh no, you were here for that night where, you know, he posted something about traditional marriage on Facebook and he was forced to resign. I mean, it, 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 every aspect of our society has been completely taken over by the idea, by the concept and, and by the reality that there's two sets of laws. There's two sets of, of laws within our justice system and two sets of laws within society, you know, where it, the, the lefties are so totalitarian, so authoritarian, such bullies that, that to, to the degree to where, yeah, he absolutely felt like he had the right to take somebody's life on set. He didn't do it intentionally, but he did it. And it was invo- it's the very definition of involuntary manslaughter. He was responsible for that set as producer. There were complaints about safety on set, all kinds of safety issues, and he took somebody's life. And yes, there should be repercussions for that. Absolutely. And I want to see him. We're not going to see him do a perp walk. He will turn himself in. He will be released on bail. But I absolutely cannot wait until the trial. Can't wait to see it. He is so smarmy that the first post he did... I think on Instagram after the woman was killed was him going to an event with his wife. Um, after after there was a report that charges were going to be filed, he did some creepy post on Instagram of his son that was just you know ew and icky. He's just a complete, um, just a complete jack wagon. I got to keep keep to FCC regs here on the Andrea K show. So. Um, I'm really hoping. I'm hoping that he gets completely bankrupted 
completely bankrupted in the course of this and then has to spend some jail time. Oh, here's another interesting note. Uh, Remember how his wife, Hilaria claimed it was was trotting around new york and for for years with with a spanish accent saying she'd grown up in spain or somewhere when she grew up in connecticut <laughs> evidently the spanish accent is back evidently hilaria is now back with the spanish accent so you know there's that all right guys the sunshine may be out in San Diego, but it is still buku cold here, in, in my opinion. And uh, if you want to find some warm weather gear, you got to go to see my peeps at Iron Mountain Outfitters in La Mesa. Um, but if you know any hardworking peeps like my family that work in the construction tra- trade, you need to go to Iron Mountain Outfitters because they have they have all the best gear from Carhartt. Um, they, in fact, they've got an entire wall dedicated to Carhartt working, you know, you know, work pants, everything from work pants. And then they got like um, a, a family member, a certain family member of mine who shall remain nameless, who came over Saturday night wearing his little Carhartt beanie. Um, and if you're like my family, by the way, um, here's how here, here's how it rolls with my sister and my brother-in-law who still does construction. He has two sets of Carhartt clothes because <laughs> Carhartt is not only his favorite work attire that he wears because they are the hardest working clothes out there at the best prices, better than you can get online. The um, the you know, they just they hold up so well, so functional, so well made, but it's also his favorite, you know, just clothes to wear. So sister had he has two sets of Carhartt clothes because he's also kind of a mess. And if he spills paint on a pair of Carhartt, you know, pants that he's wearing to work, then he's got a separate pair of pants that he can wear to go hang out and just chill. Um, So that's how we roll in my family in terms of the Carhartt gear. You got to go to Iron Mountain Outfitters, 8493 La Mesa Boulevard. Look for the standing bear outside. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, Dapper Dan, I don't even think I told you this, Skins. Dapper Dan, uh, my second favorite doggy in the world next to Gator, he's about to become a papa. They're going to have a litter. That's very cool. Yes. So I don't know if you guys have ever... Go go to Iron Mountain, hang out with Dapper Dan. I don't know if you've got any interest in... I'm telling you, this breed of dogs, he's a pointer. He is the sweetest, most Pointers amazing. Pointers are good dogs. Oh my gosh, I've never been around one before. My grandma I'm, used to have one. I'm absolutely obsessed. Last time I was in the store, actually, a lady came in who had gotten... Uh, a pup from um, one of Dapper Dan's litters, and she just said, "Just the best dogs ever." So, just that's just as an FYI, if you do, if you're thinking about getting a, a dog, getting a pointer, they are just absolutely an amazing breed. Dapper Dan is the coolest, most amazing dog out there. So, definitely go say hi to Dapper Dan. PJ, help you pick out whatever you need for your working man uh, in your life or, or crew. Anybody who's in construction needs some Carhartt gear or just gear of any kind. I still need me a jacket to wear to Julian. All right, gonna take a break. We come back more on the other side. There's breaking news out of Maricopa County to share with you guys. And then also the battle between Trump and DeSantis is on. Who are y'all for at this point? Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay show on the answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It's not that hard. Skins and I were talking about it. You know, it, change out of your, if you want to wear the Carhartt pants socially, you change out of them before you go into your little garage, little workshop and start flinging paint around. 
Okay, it ain't that hard, right, Skins? All you have to do uh, to, to to all you people out there that maybe this this affects if you know you're wearing your favorite Carhartt pants and you're, you're lounging there with the wife on the couch and oh I got to go to the garage five minutes go upstairs change into something you don't mind getting dirty go to the garage I've totally outed my brother in law sister was like before Christmas you must keep them separate here's your nice ones to wear here's the ones that you can wear to work and you know whatever happens happens okay speaking of not nice. I've totally outed my family. I don't, you know, I'm like, but you know what? Look, I'm like, here's my excuse. I'm like a stand-up com- comedian in the sense, not that I'm funny, but that, you know, I, I feel like I've got the right to talk about family. You know, I'm on two You're hours. You're trying now. to help. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and I feel like I ought to be able to talk about family. I try to to not bring people into it because of my politics, but you know, there you have it. Um, all right. So the 2024 fight is on. Um, Trump made some comments um, yesterday that had to do with um, DeSantis and basically that DeSantis was not being loyal to him um, and that uh, that Trump is taking credit for him having won the state of Florida. Um, and then Trump made some criticisms of DeSantis's um, of COVID response. And Trump's now beginning to use the term de, de sanctimonious. Trump's in Trump's in, in 2024 election mode. Um, I don't know why 888-344-1170 between the two that are, that, you know, at this point, I, I can see some comments. It looks as though um, it looks as though people are still in Trump's corner. I want to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. There's also a fine line, Andrea, because uh, okay, let's say they both do run. If there's any chance at DeSantis being the VP side, you don't want a cruise situation to where he right. creates such a divide. Right. DeSantis wants nothing to do with him. Exactly. Here was DeSantis's response uh, to Trump clip nine. I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You've got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. We won by the largest raw vote margin, over 1.5 million votes, than any uh, governor candidate has ever had in Florida history. And in fact, we almost doubled the previous record, which I think was like 780,000 vote margin. And so what I would just say is uh, that verdict has been rendered by the people of the state of Florida. Um, look, reading a couple comments uh, on Facebook Live, um, Yasmin says, DeSantis needs to stay in Florida because I am moving there. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, the thing is, I think DeSantis is an amazing governor. I don't know that he can command a nation and motivate them and inspire them to come out and vote for him as a president. Um, being governor does not necessarily, even as successful as he is, does not necessarily indicate on a national level um, as president, which is a different role, uh, it, it, what he would do and what he could do. And particularly one of the things I've talked about is, is that I don't 
I have not seen DeSantis really dominate and and convince me when it comes to dealing with the the deep state or the police state, whatever you want to call it. I haven't heard him talk about that. And quite frankly, if we don't roll back the tyranny in our in our government, I'm tired of hearing about yeah the you know the whole debt ceiling. Elhoff will be on tomorrow night, financial thought doctor. We are going to talk about the economy. It's crucial, um, but honestly. With, with what's going on with our deep state and the FBI and the DOJ controlling the outcome of our elections through so many different mechanisms and ways in which they're rigging our elections in this country and way, and, and, and way they're in, in, in this which. This be the number one issue of anybody. It, right. Running. And DeSantis ain't talking about it. He's not talking about it. And, you know, and those that are, and, and so for right now, Trump's, Trump's my guy. He's got, he's still got a lot he's got to convince me of. But let me tell you one, one, one example of why I know Trump's my guy. People like the spitter Kasich, the establishment that can't stand Donald Trump, the Uniparty. Clip seven. What does that tell you about Donald Trump's standing right now? You know, he's, he's, well, I think he's fading. I've said that for a long time, but he's probably still has. I was talking to a friend of mine in New Hampshire yesterday, probably, 25 to 30 percent support. You get a crowded field. He could come out of there. He could win. But he's never going to be president of the United States. Thank God he's not going to be that. No, he already was. And he he would have had a second term had we had actually free and fair elections in 2020. And you know who's never going to be president? Case it's you. I have family that's lived in Ohio for many, many years, and not one of them voted for that man. So, you know, you, 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 one of the ways in which you can know who the right person is in terms of conservatism and American first policy is if they're annoying all the right people. And one of the things I got to keep my eye on with DeSantis is whether or not, you know, he's got the establishment pushing him at all. That's a pretty big flag. Yeah, it is. A couple more comments I wanted to read here on uh, the Facebook live stream is um, Yaz says Trump is the man, but he has to have a better judgment of character. Yeah. Um, and Yaz also said he needs to demolish the FBI and the DOJ. Um, you and I have talked about that being yeah. one of his biggest Achilles heels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can't be about loyalty. It can't, it's got to be about the right person for the job. You know, Trump, Trump had no problem in his empire that he built in his construction empire in firing people that didn't do the job there. It's the got to be the same thing in our political system, whether it's at the RNC, whether it's in his administration, in his office, he needs to make better hiring. I need to hear him admit that he no longer wants Javanka, for example, go a long way for me if he would come out and say the worst decision I ever made was having Jared and Ivanka as a part of my administration. That'd go a long way for me. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got hour two coming up, so don't you go anywhere. More Andrew K. Show on the way. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.